0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions with your friends and with your family. My name is Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Director of Formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
1: And my name is Maya little Sonia, and I'm a friend of the podcast.
0: (laughs) Yes, you are, (laughs) Maya. Um, So hello, everyone. You may notice that David is not here today. He is gloriously on vacation with his family. And our producer, Greg, is also not here today as he is chaplaining up at Camp Stevens. And when I thought of all the people in this world that I could possibly invite to come and hang out with me and co-host the podcast, it had to be the one, the only Maya Little Sonia. Oh,
1: gosh. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, shucks.
0: So if you are a recent listener to the podcast, you may not know that Maya was a former host of the podcast, was there when the podcast was created. had conversations about all of it. Right, Maya? yeah
1: oh my goodness i can't believe it's been so long like five six years yeah wow. what a time what i know a time well i'm glad to be back uh thanks for the invitation so mm. let's let's do it
0: yeah and so maya as you are both co-hosting and a guest this week i am wondering if you would share a little bit about your ministry context whatever that might be currently over the past several months i've been engaged in
1: primarily three activist causes here in san diego Among them has been fighting the construction of the 30-foot border walls at Friendship Park, our only bi-national park on the southern border, and anti-encampment ordinance, which was recently passed here in San Diego, which criminalizes homelessness, and the uh, surveillance cameras that were recently approved by city council. They're primarily in black and brown communities and will contribute to the over-policing and over-surveillance of those communities. And so it's been a, a hard summer. Um, Kind of a lot of losses on paper, but a lot, a very full summer as well. Um, And there's a lot of hope in the work. So it's been Mm -hmm. really good.
0: Yeah. And I love that you had the opportunity this summer to engage with all those things that have been important with you for so long.
1: Yeah, me too. Thank you. So, And I see God show up in all those spaces and I'm able to express my faith both directly and talking about God and the way that I engage with my faith um, and then also indirectly as much as I can.
0: So, I love that. Thanks. And so, Maya, that logically takes me to a question. Is mm-hmm. there a time in the recent past where you saw God? Even the last week, it, it's been very full. Well, in our baptismal
1: covenant, we vow to seek Christ in every person we meet. And so I feel like I've engaged with Christ a lot this past week. One instance uh, that I can readily identify is Um, We've been doing legal outreach for folks that are unhoused and trying to inform them of their rights in the face of this new ordinance. And it's been brutal. Mm -hmm. Um, Talking with people, they feel like they're being hunted. And there is so much fear on their faces. They describe how the police have been far more bold in their enforcement, tearing up tents. It's been really intense. But there's something really powerful about bearing witness to that mm-hmm. evil and being in community with folks as they, you know, walk through the shadow in the Valley of death, so to speak. Um, but there've also been moments of levity in sharing meals in laughter and empowerment and trying to make sure people have all the tools possible to survive. So we've been passing out wagons so that they're more mobile And and trying to inform them of their legal rights that they still have. So a lot of human moments, but something that's so beautiful with the story of Jesus is, is that Jesus teaches or exemplifies the most essential parts of being human. So solidarity and community that cuts deeply Mm -hmm. and wounds and hurts because you love so much and when you love like Jesus, you'll hurt like Jesus. <laughs> mm. Also the, the joy in community and the joy in resurrection um, and the hope that that even in the midst of a really hard situation, there's chances for redemption and transformation. So it's been really hard, but also extremely fulfilling and extremely enlivening
0: at the same time. Well, and I see that holy partnership at work there right that in those moments where you're being god's hands and god's feet and and just offering connection and love in a time when it feels like there is only disconnection and fear well a lot of that and it's it's
1: i mean the first thing that anyone wants before we even get to legal outreach is they tell their story Mm. and so being able to hear the stories that as vast and varied as we are as individuals, but at the same time they follow a very similar arc and one that any of us could really find ourselves in.
0: It's been really beautiful. Well, thank you for that Holy work, that Holy listening, that partnership with God and sharing your story with us. (laughs) What about you? Um, Oh, where have I seen God? Yeah. Oh, this is a new turn on the podcast where the guest turns it around (laughs) on me and it's, I guess that I have a lot of them of late and much like you, they feel like they're in the challenging spaces. There's been a lot of moments lately of hard things. And in all of that, being willing to continually sit in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's part of it instead of looking away to the willingness to sit in it with God, knowing that that's the Holy space of it. Mm-hmm. And like, there's not any one that is more than the other because it feels like it is a season yeah. of it. Um, but knowing that even in those moments that that is also holy and that is partnership with God as mm-hmm. well in that unwillingness to look away or to take the easy way out, but instead to continually wrestle with it.
1: Well, I think that's part of the the hope and the promise of, of the cross, right? Um, it's such an ugly ugly thing that the way that Jesus died and yet he calls us to pick up our crosses and follow him that we're called to sit in it Mm -hmm. and, and not look away so much of sin in this world is is to avoid pain and suffering, but Jesus was in it (laughs) and walked into it to show us like, Hey, you actually don't have to be afraid and, or you can have courage rather you can be afraid, but, but act in love anyway. And that there's that radical solidarity that Christ shares with us in those moments. But he tells us, you can't run, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the only way out is through and you have to sit with it. So that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. So it seems to be that season all, all throughout the world. I don't think that either your experience or my experience, both of which are holy in partnership with God are out of character with what the rest of the world is seeing either. I mean, uh, It's human beings and societies like it's so fundamentally interconnected, all of it as we are. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Maya. And that means also that we want to invite you, um, our Faith to Go listeners, to share any God sightings that you have, any places perhaps that you chose to sit in it with God and bear witness instead of run away um, to participate in God's work in this world. But we would love to hear your stories of partnership with God. And you can do that in lots of different ways. You can email us faith 2 go at edsd.org. You can send us a message on Instagram. You can get to us through the website, but however you choose to do it, we would love for you to share your God sightings with us and your experience of working with God in this world. So that takes us to our conversation around the gospel. And this week we are hearing the gospel for proper 15, the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. It is the gospel for August 20th. It is from Matthew, this is Matthew's year, and it is Matthew chapter 15, verses 10 through 28. One note on the lectionary, they do list verses 10 through 20 in parentheses, meaning optional. (laughs) And 21 through 28, as required here on the Faith to Go podcast, we're going to talk about all of it, as we always do. And in David's absence, I will read the gospel and give the context. Then He called the crowd to Him and said to them, Listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached Him and said to Him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my Heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, Explain this parable to us. Then he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and that is what defiles. For out of the heart comes evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, instantly. So in preparing for today's gospel reading, I did look up the context. You will remember that last week we had a conversation up at Camp Stevens with Ariel Robinson, who is their summer camp director, and we discussed Jesus walking on water and Peter attempting to do the same. And that actually happens right towards the end of chapter 14. There's only one little story that falls after it about healing. And then we jump into chapter 15, which helps a little bit contextually, because at the start of our reading, Jesus is explaining to people about It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out. But why would Jesus be saying that? And it's because at the start of chapter 15, the Pharisees come and ask him a question um, about why his disciples are not washing their hands before they eat. So it is in response to this question from the Pharisees that we get this explanation to the disciples that comes after it. And I think that that's all we need as far as context goes today. And Maya, you have the first point.
1: Yeah, so even though I have the first point, I would like to talk about the the kind of second vignette, the second story that we encounter here in the text of Jesus walking and passing through and a Canaanite woman um, insisting or begging that Jesus heal her daughter. And, you know, Jesus's first response, a little rude. Mm-hmm. A little unkind, but Jesus was fully human and fully divine. And in scripture, we see him be impatient. We see him be, um, scared. And so just as we ourselves can harbor a, a certain amount of uh, prejudice or impatience, uh, or even just extreme apathy due to that, uh, I, you know, here he is. However, just as Jesus is a model for redemption and renewal for he, all of humanity here. He offers a a model for amending that prejudice. Um, what we can kind of get from this is that up to this point, uh, Jesus understands his mission, his salvific call, um, solely to be for the Israelites, the lost sheep in the house of Israel. And this woman uh, being a Canaanite would be distinct, would be apart from that group. I, I believe like ethnically. And you know, after making a very kind of cutting remark mm-hmm. <laughs> about, you know, uh it is not right to uh you know, like feed, what was it? Feed a dog. He yeah. called he called her a dog, you know? Kinda rude. He is called to re examine radically reexamine and investigate his priorities. And that's something I'd like to speak about because I think both as individuals and institutions Often we believe or our priorities are are pure, are good. Um, we might even name that perhaps we are dedicated to things like social justice and renewal in our communities. However, um, we can fall into the trap of not actually are actualizing those priorities, Mm -hmm. right? Whether that's in our budgets or the agendas in our meetings, our priorities reflect our allegiances and what we're dedicated to. And so Jesus expresses that it's his very last priority that this woman be healed or that her daughter be healed. And therefore, um, exposing that his allegiance is to the Israelites and therefore not to the Canaanites. But then he's called to look at his priorities and how he expresses those. And so similarly, as individuals and in our institutions, we have to look and say, "Okay, if I am professing the value of social justice, but my budget for outreach or giving to the poor or engaging in social justice work is nothing Mm -hmm. or very, very little compared to things like, oh, I don't know... um, music or coffee hour, can we really say it's a priority? Mm-hmm. And can we really say that we are dedicated to that? And we're called to to look sharply in, at our own allegiances. And often that comes from encounter and the intention with the people and the communities and the causes that we are ignoring or not prioritizing because she's persistent. And it's through that persistence that he that he acquiesces, that he changes his mind and that he is transformed and reexamines his call. And to the the very end of the gospels, he says that go and proclaim the good news to the whole world. So there is obviously a radical shift that happened in that encounter. And I would invite individuals and communities to not wait, to not put the impetus on ignored and underserved communities and do that self-evaluation now. And critically, take a look inward and examine how your priorities might be misaligned and that can manifest, like I said, in your budgets, in your agendas, what is of the most urgency to you and, and to examine how that actually also might reflect not only a lack of priority, but prejudice, Mm. unkindness, because in the face of great cruelty or injustice that we are seeing today, Uh, non-action can be quite cruel. Investigate yourselves and look within is what I'd say. And just as Jesus transformed and that was demonstrated through his actions, um, my prayer is that we too would be transformed and that our priorities would reflect the kingdom of God and what
0: Jesus calls us to do. I love that. Thank you. Thanks. And I think that and the reason why Maya and I did this with Maya going first and me going second wasn't just because you didn't want to listen to me talk for 10 Stop. minutes. Maybe that was part of it. Looking forward to it. I know, right? But no, but part of it was that I think that my point logically follows yours, even though mine relates to the first part. Mm-hmm of the gospel. And that was this section where we get, Jesus says it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is that what comes out of the mouth that defiles. And I was thinking about this so much the way that like a stone that's thrown into a pond has ripples that go out from it. So that every single time our words carry as much weight as any little stone that's going to be thrown into a pond. And so every time we open our mouths, we have to consider the fact that what we are saying, what we are breathing into this world is going to have consequences and implications well beyond the circle in which we say them, that every encounter that we have is just the first encounter. And just as that stone skips or that ripple, goes across the pond, that those words are going to be magnified. Um, They also may be adjusted. Even in our most pure interactions, that can happen. There can be whatever our intent is can be vastly different than what the impact of our words are because they've been manipulated along the way. And those things are outside of our control, for sure. We cannot necessarily be in every room where where we are quoted to control what is said about Mm -hmm. them. But I was thinking about this in the situations in which I hear or it is reflected to me a version of being a Christian that doesn't actually feel like following Christ. Mm-hmm. I think that Maya, both in your God sightings and in your reflection on this scripture that I hear so much of that in that as well, because like the reality is Feels like manipulation. Mm -hmm. It feels disingenuine, um, perhaps even dishonest to say when we are not speaking words that are loving towards our neighbors, that do not care for every human being that we come into relationship with, or even contact, not even just relationship, but come Mm -hmm. into contact with, that when we are choosing words that do not reflect the belovedness of those other human beings, that we are not following Christ in those moments.
1: Right. Precisely.
0: And, and I would offer in that I'm not perfect at it.
1: Right. Yeah. Neither am I. And neither of the institutions of which we are a part. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so like in all of this, there is no call to perfection. There is the call to constantly doing the best that we can. And when we get off track to, to realigning mm-hmm. with what we know it means to be a follower of Jesus and One step further than that to both crying out when we see other people, institutions, communities being misaligned and not respecting the dignity of every human being and listening and amplifying those voices of the people who are being harmed. Right. Because just like we get at the end of this reading, this woman, regardless of what has happened in this, she has, you know, she realizes she is an outsider and she has come to advocate for her child. She is squashed by the disciples, she is cast aside by Jesus in not a loving way, and yet she does not stop. Um, you want to talk about, like, I cannot imagine what, mm-hmm. what strength of character, what love for child that took to continue on in this lobbying right. for herself. And it makes me wonder in what places am I hearing people cry out and I am not sitting in it mm-hmm. um, and certainly not partnering in it or not to the best of my ability, at least right. right. Like I'm wondering about those places in which we need to better advocate, elevate, connect, and open ourselves up mm-hmm. to what is being revealed to us.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that can often take the form of paternalism, where we believe we know what's best for certain communities without engaging with them, listening to them, um, giving them a seat at the table or even the time of day. And so um, even if we believe we have the best intentions, just continuously reexamining our intentions, our priorities, our words, our actions, and what you described as the radical realignment of our actions being repentance, mm-hmm. essentially, right? The word for repentance in Greek is metanoia, which describes a turning around, uh, simply moving the other way. And in a, in a culture that is so permeated in, you know, sexism, racism, et cetera, et cetera. Not only do we have to go the other way to resist those forces, but we have to actively run against the current and push against it. I think it's Howard Zinn describes it as a conveyor belt. Mm. And whether we like it or not, we are on the conveyor belt, moving with the currents of racism and systemic oppression and all those things I just described. If we don't do anything, we're still moving in the current, right? So we have to actively push and
0: move and exert all the energy we can to resisting it, to move the other way. Yeah. It's funny. I had a conversation with a colleague in the last couple of days talking about that work, that important holy work and the exhaustion that accompanies it Mm -hmm. and being willing to do the work because it is the work that needs to be done and finding the space to care for yourself so that you can continue to do the work. Yeah, both and, and we're
1: called, you know, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And so the more people we can bring into the work as well so that in that sense, the yoke is easy and the burden is light when we're able to work in partnership with one another to actively resist those forces. But people have to be willing to listen and willing to change and turn around in order for that to happen. So that's my prayer
0: for ourselves and for our communities, yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. We can pray that together, Maya. Sounds good. So friends, that is our two points for this week. Point number 1 was Maya's and she was talking about the alignment of what our professed values are and how they are represented in our lives, both financially and in action and all of those things. And actually it's not the alignment, but perhaps it's the misalignment. Yeah, thereof, <laughs> right.
1: And,
0: and the opportunity to come back into full mm-hmm. alignment in those things. And Um, second was like unto it, which was mine. And that was about how the words and the things that we say have impact beyond just the moment in which they are said and an invitation to both say the things to highlight the ways in which we see God moving in this world and the places where it feels as though the world is out of alignment with God and to amplify and acknowledge and respect and engage with those other people that are crying out in their suffering. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And so that said, without David here, (laughs) we would love to know what your third point would have been. What did you notice in the scripture reading this week? What are the places where you saw God moving or where you worked in partnership with God for the good of all humanity? And you can get that to us in a lot of different ways either through Instagram, through email. Um, You can reach out to us if you know us personally, but we would love to hear what your third point would have been or what your god sighting or God-partnership would have been. Yeah, absolutely. And so next week, we will be back. Greg will be running the sandboard. Thank goodness. Um, And David will be on the other microphone. And Maya, as always, you have been the most wonderful co-host I could have imagined. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It was great. So thank you, everyone. And thank you, Charlotte. (laughs) And until then, I guess that we have to say goodbye, everybody. Talk to me, Maya.
1: Check, check, check. Mike, check. Cut me a check. Check, check. checkity, check, check. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
0: Excellent. I just didn't want to interrupt you. Uh I didn't want to interrupt you. I was like, let's have that prayer. Let's do it.